Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their new trailer that they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. For the past few years, they have been filming a documentary entitled The Holstein Dilemma, Heritage Breeds and the Need for Biodiversity, which will be coming out this fall. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Thank you for joining our podcast today. As Alara and I have watched the news of the fires ravaging our state for the past week, all we have been thinking about are some of our friends in the Northern California area and hoping that their farm or ranch is out of harm's way and for their well-being. Unfortunately, over the past few years, the fires in the West have only gotten worse each year. Whether you believe in climate change or not, there is one thing for certain. Weather patterns are changing, not just here in California, but around the U.S. and the world. So, if it's severe rain and flooding, hurricanes, earthquakes, or fires, it not only affects people, but their livestock and crops, which in turn affects you, the consumer. So today we are bringing you some short sound bites from two of the people we've met over the years who raise livestock in Northern California, and at any minute might have to evacuate their home and place of business. The first interview is with Metzer Farms, located in Gonzales, California. They are a family-owned farm and have been in business since 1972, specializing in waterfowl, hatching 19 breeds of duck. Our second interview is with Cleary Field, who breed Irish draft sport horses in Sebastopol, California. They also breed the full Irish draft, as they think it's an essential ingredient in the temperament, bone, jump, and success of the Irish sport horse. We hope you enjoy these two interviews, and again, please think of them and all the people who are being affected by these fires. John Metzer, sir, no, <laughs> owner, Metzer Farms, I don't know. One more time. <laughs> John Metzer, owner, Metzer Farms. Okay, where are you located? Gonzales, California. If you could uh, give a, just a description of the climate in the area where, where your farm is. Uh, it's, it's a, we are about 25 miles from the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. We are in the Salinas Valley, a very temperate climate. We get about 12 and a half inches of rain a year. Uh, if it gets to be 80 degrees, we consider it a warm day. Uh, we probably get six nights that it will frost. So it's a very moderate climate, uh, excellent for ducks. They don't like it too hot. Um, yes, they might like the rain, but that messes things up. So we don't mind for the ducks that it doesn't rain much. We need the rain for watering them. Uh, but that is our climate. We, we do not experience uh, snow and rarely does it get over 100 degrees. So we're blessed with our weather here. Describe the, the area here, please. Yeah, it, uh, the Salinas Valley is considered the salad bowl of the world, is what they say. Um, the predominant crops here are lettuces. Uh, there's more fruits coming in, strawberries, blueberries. But uh, historically, it's broccoli, cauliflower, celery, uh, Brussels sprouts, artichoke, 
uh, all the leaf lettuces, iceberg lettuce, romaine lettuce, um, all of the vegetable products. So there's um, production year-round. They're harvesting broccoli and cauliflower year-round here. Uh, the lettuces are typically from March through November. Uh, and so it's a, it's a very intensive agricultural. Uh, there, there's a lot of people in the area uh, because of the agriculture we have. Uh, it takes a lot of manpower. So we're lucky in that regard in that at least we have a, a, quite a few people in the area that we can hire when we need help, which is quite a bit. You did this as an adjunct of your dad's hobby and you moved it into a business. Yeah. But I also understand that you may have been into different types of animals, maybe, uh, maybe ruminants or cattle yeah. or how did you move, did, 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 was ducks a natural thing to move into or was that kind of a hard transition for you? Well, when I was in high school, I had 60 or 70 registered Suffolk ewes, and, and which was a large flock in a high school. Uh, but I sold market lambs for 4-H fairs and this kind of thing. And so that really interested me. And when I went to the university, I thought that my ultimate uh, profession would be research at a four-year school, at a college, University of Nebraska or some such place, working with cattle. Um, but then a gentleman came to my father during my junior year when I was away at school and said, uh, oh, I see you have a hobby with ducks. I'd like to buy 10,000 duck eggs a week, a month from you, which was an astronomical number. And so my dad shared that with me. And then we did some thinking and said, well, maybe there's a business in this. And so I stayed with the animal science degree. And as I said, I took a lot of business courses, accounting and marketing and production and this kind of thing. Um, so that I was better prepared. And so when I came back, I turned my dad's hobby of 300 ducks uh, into several thousand the first year, and we've been expanding ever since. He looks a little sleepy. Come here, Teddy. All right, I got him. There we go, super duper. Thank you. I'm Karen Young, and I'm a co-owner of Cleary Field with my, my wife, Lucinda Romero. Lucinda Ann Romero, that's where the Cleary comes from. I'm Karen E. Young, she's Lucinda Ann Romero. Uh, it sounds Irish, but it isn't. And uh, that's our farm. We're, uh, we're located in Sonoma County. We're actually in Sebastopol, unincorporated Sebastopol, California. We're um, in Sonoma County in Northern California, about uh, 30 miles or so north of San Francisco, um, in beautiful wine country. Uh, my neighbors grow Pinot and we grow Irish drafts and Irish sport horses. Description of the heritage breed you chose or that chose you? We breed the Irish draft and uh, the Irish sport horse, which is sometimes called an Irish draft sport horse. Um, we started breeding uh, the Irish sport horse uh, in particular because Lucinda does three-day eventing um, and the, uh, the number one um, stud book for eventing is the Irish sport horse stud book. Um, so we had a couple of thoroughbred mares and we wanted to breed an eventer. So uh, a friend of ours told us that there was a draft stallion uh, in the area over in Calistoga and we should go meet him when we were shopping stallions. And uh, we said, well, why would we want to do that? And she said, well, you know, that's how you make an Irish sport horse. And we said, oh, we didn't know that. So we ended up going to meet the Irish draft stallion. Uh, he's called the King of Hearts, and um, 
we, we really liked him. And um, in the end, we bred to him five times. Um, and while we were doing that on our, uh, our second um, foal, we had a thoroughbred mare bred to uh, the King of Hearts. And she had a difficult birth. She actually uh, tore her uh, rectum during delivery. And we said, wow, this seems like it's a bad idea. You know, we're, we've got this draft stallion and a thoroughbred mare. And so maybe we should do it the other way. We should do draft mares with thoroughbred stallion, which is actually more what they do in Europe. So, um, so we went to Ireland to get a draft mare with the intent of breeding the sport horse. Um, and we bought that mare and brought her over and we've never bred her to anything but purebreds because we fell in love with the purebreds. And um, so we are an accidental purebred Irish draft breeder, um, but the, the Irish draft is the heritage breed. Uh, the sport horse is not um, endangered. But you, you just kind of, you, you just fall in love with them. So these are both purebred Irish drafts. So, um, so I think one of the reasons that the Irish sport horse is so popular in eventing, and particularly with adult amateur eventers, is, um, is well, so we, we, we say of the Irish horse that they have a fifth leg. So um, if you jump from the, the wrong distance or a, a bad distance, um, that the horse will take care of you. Um, when horses are very concerned about their environment or, or hot, um, a rider makes, makes the horse out of balance. So um, if you're a prey animal, which horses very much are, and you're out of balance, you're more vulnerable. So you need things to be just right. And there are thoroughbreds that you can watch at shows where if the rider's just a little bit off, they, they respond, they get upset. These horses can uh, tolerate a, a great degree of, uh, of error. Um, again, going back to the temperament, they, um, they're, going to, they're going to look out for you on a, on a course because you don't have to be perfect. And I think, you know, most adult amateurs aren't. Um, on the other hand, you know, some of them do operate at the highest levels. Uh, but the majority of, of Irish sport horses, when there's a, a sufficient amount of draft blood, are going to be, you know, pretty mellow animals on course. So they, but they can love to jump. I mean, you know, we, we've had the mare that, uh, that jumped, you know, when she was pregnant on her own just because there was a jump there. Uh, they, they routinely jump, you know, things that if there's a pile of leaves in the, in the pasture, they'll jump those. Um, the good news is that we've been fairly successful. Apparently we feed well uh, and give appropriate treats because they haven't jumped out except when we've sold them. So, um, so we've been able to keep them in the yard for the most part. Okay, so back to the economic viability of the Irish draft, <laughs> which, is, which is not great because, um, you know, the, if you keep them as a foundation breed and not a performance horse, then basically you've bred, you've bred a, um, a draft animal that would, be, that would excel at probably, you know, there, there are people who are doing organic farming who are looking for, for draft animals. And these would be a great animal for that. But um, they're not inexpensive to produce here in Northern California. They're quite expensive to produce. And then you'd, you'd need to add the training. You know, one of the problems with uh, one of the economic issues of being um, a breeder is that um, if we have to put training on a horse, that means we have to get it back out. Um, so 
So basically, the goal of a breeder is to, to breed a horse that can be sold as young as possible, um, and that's the only way that you can actually make money as a breeder. In the case of the Irish Draft, we, fortunately for us, we, we've had, uh, there's some benefit because the, the value of an Irish Draft is as breeding stock because they're a rare breed. So we're able to sell, uh, we were able to sell a couple of the mares uh, young, uh, we sold one as a, a foal and one as a yearling, um, and they were as valuable then as they would ever be in terms of what we could get for them as the breeder. And so that's ideal. Um, but the geldings then become an issue because they, they don't have a breeding value. So you would think that you would take the gelding then and turn it into the driving horse that could be used for organic farmers, for example, in Northern California. But the amount of training that's required for that, because you can't expect the organic farmer to know how to train a draft horse. Now, I will say that um, because we were breeding the purebreds and because the purebred, uh, you know, they, they, the, the classic story of the Irish draft is that, you know, it was a horse used seven days a week, um, you know, and, and so it was used for farming. On Sunday, it took the, took the, the family to church and then it also did one day of, of fox hunting. So the majority of days, this, this draft horse is a working animal doing draft work. So uh, it makes sense that you would, that you would use it for, um, for organic farming, but you've got to train the horse, which can cost money. When we started breeding the, the purebred Irish draft, I felt like we needed to know more about what they, if we were going to breed a foundation horse, we needed to do what they were supposed to do. So I taught the uh, Moore Park girl, the mare that we had imported, to drive. I, um, I had a friend who was uh, a horse trainer, not a, not a driving trainer, but knew horses well. We bought two books off of uh, the internet used, and um, she taught us to drive her. Yeah, because we, um, she, she just innately knew so much about uh, driving that we actually had to stop ourselves and say, was it possible she could have been trained prior to us purchasing her. But uh, no one would train a three-year-old, so we knew that that couldn't be the case. But she was certainly, um, she, was, she was a perfect pupil for driving. So in that regard, you could almost uh, sell, a, sell a, a, a draft horse for work without training. But I, I think, uh, you know, ideally you wouldn't do that. It's just uh, when you start attaching, you know, people watch the, uh, the carriage crashes on the on the TV. I mean, when you start attaching things to horses, the results can be poor unless you have a, a horse of sufficient demeanor. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please tell your friends to join us. Please feel free to post any questions or comments that you might have to our social media sites. Our Twitter feed is at Backyard Green Films, spelled B-K-Y-R-D-G-R-E-E-N-F-I-L-M-S. Our Instagram is at Backyard Green Films, B-A-C-K-Y-A-R-D-G-R-E-E-N-F-I-L-M-S. Our Facebook is Backyard Green Films. Our YouTube URL is youtube.com backyard green films we would like to thank john metzer from metzer farms and karen young from cleary field for joining us today 
If you'd like more information about John and Karen and what they do, please visit MetzerFarms.com and ClearyField.com. Also, to find out more on the heritage breeds that we discussed in this podcast, please visit LivestockConservancy.org. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, all rights reserved, copyright 2020.